Welcome back to another Yak Podcast. We're starting a new series this week called Addicted to Busy, in which we deal with the idol of busyness and how we live out the gospel in such a culture that promotes this idol. Hope you enjoy. Lord Jesus, thank you for silly games and cards and running around screaming and play and fun and joy. These are all things, Lord, that you created, um, that you desire for us to engage in. Um, Lord, games are not a sin. Uh, Joy and laughter are not evil. Um, They reflect you. Um, And so, Lord, as we transition from a time to games uh, to a time of reflection, uh, may we realize that both, Lord, are of you and are from you. Uh, Lord, many times... We substitute times for reflection, for amusement, and for ways to where we don't have to reflect. We don't have to think. We don't have to, to, to turn our eyes towards you. When that's exactly what you've designed us to do, um, Lord, we, are, we find the most joy when we are most in line with you. And Lord, may we seek after that. As we deal with this topic of being addicted to busy, may we take it seriously. May we take it honestly. And may we realize that this is one of those things that the world around us fights against. They want us to be busy. Um, The world desires for us to not slow down, but to maintain a pace um, that is not the way we're designed to live, um, is not the way we were designed to have stress under. I mean, Lord, it does not reflect you. Um, Lord, may we be real as we deal with these things in Transformation Group. Lord, may you use my words. Uh, to speak clearly, um, and Lord, may you have these students have ears to hear clearly. In your son's name, amen. Some of you were here when Pastor Jamie was our head pastor. He was awesome. No one doubts that. He was known for many things. His shepherding heart, his willingness to lean on the Lord, his ability to strengthen men, his strong work, work ethic at the gym. The guy was up at like 4 or 5, pounding iron every morning. Well, several mornings a week. And the other thing, huh? Yeah. And the other thing that he was known for was his sports analogies on Sunday morning. Jamie was a football player, and everyone knew it about a month after attending our church. There was always one football story placed somewhere within his messages. Jamie was in good company. The same way Jamie loved watching football and playing it, I have a feeling the Apostle Paul felt about running. Jamie wasn't the first one who used sports analogies when referring to our walk with Christ. That would be Paul who did it first. I can see Paul going out of his way to watch a race in town. Maybe in his youth, he used to race his friends around the village for fun. Wondering who would be the fastest. And Paul seemed to understand running. He seemed to understand the race. And he seemed to understand how many of the same foundational principles that are in sport were taught as foundational principles for the Christian life. How one had to discipline themselves, had to set a good rhythm, and most importantly, had to be at the starting line to actually participate. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. It's your first fill in the blank. Do you not know that in a race all the runners 
run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. I'll say it again. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training, the verse continues. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it, Christians do it, to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. In Galatians, Paul looks back at when he was a new believer and wanted to be sure he was preaching the same faith as Peter and the others. And what does he do? He uses a running analogy, Galatians 2.2. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those who esteemed as leaders. So this is Galatians. We just did that Bible study back in the spring. Remember, Paul is preaching to the Gentiles. So he goes back to a meeting at Jerusalem with the big dogs, with the guys who are running church in Jerusalem. You might know them. A guy named Peter, um, a brother of Jesus. uh, Jesus, um, Not Peter, but Jesus' brother. Um, And he meets with them and he says this again. I went in response to a revelation, a meeting privately with those esteemed leaders, the guys in Jerusalem. I presented to them the gospel that I had preached among the Gentiles. And this is the next fill in the blank. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. There he uses the present tense and the past tense. But what is he talking about again? He's talking about the race. Again, I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. He uses sports analogies. He's pro sport. I have a feeling when you get up to heaven and you try to race Paul, he'll kick your booty. But that's, that's a side comment. He probably loved racing. He continues on at the end of Galatians as he exhorts his brothers in Galatia to follow his lead and not that of another. Galatians 5, 7 says this, You are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? What he's saying here as he's using the analogy to the Galatians is he's saying, Hey, you had a good pace. You were running a good race. You had a good stride. You were running in the right direction. Who cut, off, who cut you off in the middle of the race to make you stumble? There's a reason we have lines on the track, in track and field. It's kind of what he was referring to. Who jumped in front of you to make you get out of the race? The author of Hebrews, who some scholars believing it is Paul, says this in chapter 12, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And what does he say? And this is your next fill in the blank. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. If you don't know how to write, uh, spell perseverance, sound it out. You're the only one who's looking at this card. As long as you know what it says later, it's okay. Again, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So you that will not be in the middle of the race and sucking wind and deciding, I got to pull over. I'm tired. I didn't train for this. I don't know what I'm doing. My muscles are atrophied and I can't go any further. Because most of the time, as you guys are in this stage, you're in an awesome stage because in many ways you're under the shelter and guidance of your parents. And hopefully they are preparing you along with the church that you're in to move forward into the world. If anybody is in training, if anyone's at the gym, it's many of your age before the race that you get to own. And what is he saying here? Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I promise you, if you're addicted to busy... Perseverance is going to be the last thing on your mind. So this year, we're going to talk a lot about running the race. Last year, the slogan was, you lift. This idea of, are we getting in the word? This year, it's run the race. One, you got to actually be on the starting line. You actually got to move. But it's not something you just do haphazardly. Okay? I've run one 5K in my life. It was the chocolate 5K, so I had something to run for. <laughs> but if I did that on a regular basis, or I was actually like trying to like be in a place, um, you know, one of the top three, I would lose. Because I haven't trained at all. If you're going to run the race to win the prize, we actually got to be putting in the work. And I promise you, one of the obstacles, especially for your generation and our culture, is that everyone's so stinking busy. Today is going to begin an overview of the idea as we begin to deal with one of the greatest obstacles in running the race effectively, and that is busyness. I think I have had a conversation like this with all of you over the course of the past four years. AJ, how are things? Student, good. I'm just really busy. How often do you get into the word? Not very, I'm just busy. How much time do you spend learning about Jesus? I just don't have time. All of you, including myself, have been there in the past four or five years. We're just busy. Many of you I have met over coffee or ice cream, and you've told me that you were utterly exhausted and didn't know what to do. You have said that you were involved in so many activities, whether sports, clubs, etc., that you were feeling overwhelmed. And let's be real, this is an epidemic, not just for young people your age, but for all people. We think, we equate, and we're going to talk about this in the future weeks, we equate busyness with holiness. We don't know how to rest. I mean, many of you, I wonder if I said, when was the last time you rested? Where you woke up one morning and you felt ready to go. I wonder when was the last time you could say that. Good. Ready for church. We think running the race means running as fast as we can and in many different directions as we can. Brady Boyd in his book Addicted to Busy says this, Speed is the single greatest threat to a healthy life. And it is also our greatest defense. We think if we can keep going, keep moving, and keep plowing ahead, our conscience won't have the time to catch up because, ha ha, we'll already be long gone. And the fact is, we're running at such a pace that we don't have time to think, don't have time to settle. This is your next fill in the blank. We don't have time to intentionally train, 
but instead have time only to react. We don't have time to intentionally train, but instead we have time only to react. Do you feel that way? When a moral dilemma comes up at school, or comes up at co-op, or comes up at whatever, at a family Thanksgiving, with your brother or your sister that you suddenly want to kill, have you intentionally trained yourself to run in such a way that looks to Jesus? Or are you simply reacting because you have no time to deal with them and there's simply an obstacle in your path? We don't build in margins into our lives because we think those are not useful for God or even holy. I truly believe that. We rarely build in margins. Why? Because we think that's just lazy. We're going to watch a video about preparing for a marathon. I know it's a medical video, but I think it's going to go a long way to proving our point, to paint our vocabulary as we discuss this important topic in Transformation Group. It literally is a medical video. It's right up your alley. Welcome to Sterling Physical Therapy. I'm Sterling Carter. Today we are continuing our marathon series by discussing the four major building blocks of a good marathon training program. These building blocks are base mileage, long runs, speed work, and of course, rest. Marathon training plans typically range from 10 to 20 weeks. The first building block is called base mileage. This is the time period that athletes build up endurance while also allowing their body time to handle the workouts. First timers may work out with three to four runs per week, while the more experienced runners may run twice a day. Train smart. Never increase your distance from week, week to week more than 10%. The second building block is called the long run. Once every seven to 10 days, the athlete will add a long run at substantially slower pace than usual. This builds confidence and teaches the body to burn fat for fuel. The third building block is called speed work. Speed work consists of interval runs, which are short runs at a faster pace, with the recovery jogs in between, and tempo runs. Tempo runs are longer than interval runs, usually four to 10 miles at a consistent, sustainable pace. Warm-ups and cool-downs are included at the beginning and the end of every speed workout. The final block is rest and recovery. Rest means no running. The greatest cause of injury to marathon runners is lack of rest. Rest is an essential component to staying healthy. In the last couple of weeks leading up to a marathon, scale back significantly on your mileage and pace to allow your body to be in tip-top shape before the big race. I hope this information was helpful to you. If you like what we are doing here, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and send us any questions or comments you have. Until next time, stay active, stay healthy, and stay happy. We're going to cover these and transformation groups. Make sure you have one. Let me give you kind of breakdown where we're going. So let me give you the four fill in the blanks. Number one is base mileage. Base mileage. Number two, anyone want to take a guess? Long runs. Long runs. 
Long runs. Number three is Kristen. Speed work. I'm going to train for this one by watching Shark Tank. Can you move the uh, cursor up to the top left hand corner? All the way. Thank you. And then the fourth one is rest. Now let's talk about how this relates to the Christian life real quick. Base mileage. This is just finding a rhythm that is sustainable for you. We're going to be filling out our marathon cards during Transformation Group. Put it next to your bed, to bookmark in your Bible, tape it to your mirror. If you actually use a wallet, you can put it in your wallet. Somewhere you will see it regularly. Seeing goals helps you achieve goals. Seeing goals helps you achieve goals. On your marathon card, if you are not in the Word at all, it might be setting up a goal of twice a week as your base mileage. You do it twice a week. That's my base mileage. Be very specific about your goal. That will help you attain it. So base mileage, twice a week, one chapter, or ten minutes. Set up a base goal for yourself. If you're already there, increase it a small amount. I like what he said. About every ten weeks, reevaluate. Okay, did I reach my goal? You do this as you go to the gym all the time. You set goals. Do I want to reach? Okay, I've reached this level. This is easy to lift now. I'm going to move to the next interval. It's the same thing with running. Increase a small amount. Maybe you go to three times per week. Maybe you extend to one chapter of a book or add a proverb or a psalm. Write down your base mileage. You'll do that in transformation groups. Long runs. I love the guy's phrasing in the video. And I didn't expect it, honestly, when I turned it on. It said, once every 7 to 10 days, the athlete will add a long run at a substantially slower pace than usual. I didn't expect that. I expected it to be like a same speed or just pushing yourself. But he's saying, do it at a substantially slower pace. Once every 7 to 10 days. I wish Christians had a built-in day to make long runs every, like, 7 days-ish. Oh, wait, we do. (laughs) But notice the next point. Does he say the athlete needs to speed up on his long run to push himself at a pace he's never gone before? No. A substantially slower pace. Slow down. That is what Sundays are for. I'm serious when I say this. On Sundays. Schedule a nap. Some of you need a stinking nap. You need to chill out. Intentionally schedule it. You, if next time your mom and dad ask on a Sunday afternoon, and they're like, "Where are you going? I'm gonna take a nap." Oh, are you sure you want to do that? Like, you could do X, Y, or Z. You no, know, the the youth director told me to take a nap. You can blame me. Chill out. Okay, take a break. We will get to rest in a second, but the difference between rest and a long run is the purpose of each. You have to be intentional. 
Here's this week's challenge for your marathon card. Intentionally choose to do one thing on Sunday that will help you focus more on the Lord. So when you're in transformation groups and you're filling out your long run, intentionally choose to do one thing on Sunday that will help you focus more on the Lord. Maybe you double your base mileage on Sunday. I'm just going to double what I do the rest of the time. Maybe you listen to a podcast while not doing something else. You just chill out back, you listen to a podcast. You read a book about Jesus that you specifically choose to read on Sunday. It's your Sunday book. What will your long run look like? Intentionally choose something to do for your long run. Three, speed work. What would an increased time in the Word or doing mission work look like? A retreat, an RYM conference, a mission trip. Let's be real. Most of you don't need help with the speed work. You got that part of the Christian life down. Unfortunately, most of you think that speed work is what the Christian life is. And if you're not doing it, then you must not be in the race. I hear this all the time. We get done with our mission trips, and what does everyone say? I want to go back, and I want to stay on the spiritual high forever. We're not meant to do that. Christ is found in the mundane, and we don't believe that as a culture. We're convinced that the Christian, the Christian life is a spiritual high followed by another spiritual high. And when you ask yourself, why can't I find any rhythm? It's because you believe the lie that if I'm not feeling emotionally attached to the Father, that I'm somehow doing Christianity wrong. You're not. That's the speed work. That's where you had an awesome week, an intentional awesome week set aside for the Lord. And you've got to dive in the Word. You've got to spend specific time. You've had essentially a longer long run, except you're doing it more quickly. We, got, we do that great. Most of you do that really good. I promise you, sanctification looks a lot more like base mileage and long run than speed work does. Sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, looks a lot more like base mileage and long runs than speed work does. Does that make sense? Using a lot of analogies. On your marathon card, you will list one event you are looking forward to this year. Pray for that event and pray that God would work in your life at that event and the lives of others. For many of you, that's the NTP retreat. If you have a family vacation coming up that you know you'll get to spend some more time in the Word or take a hike in the mountains, you can put that down. But be praying for an intentional thing. Lastly, it's rest. It's one of my favorites. God made rest. Hallelujah. Rest. Be intentional with your relaxing, but still be running. And this is your last fill in the blank. The difference between laziness and rest is intentionality. The difference between laziness and rest is intentionality. When you are being slothful, you just are doing nothing for the sake of doing nothing. When you are resting, you are intentionally telling your body and your brain to slow down. This is exactly how Jesus treated his relationship with the Father. His times of withdrawal, of divine rest, weren't patronizing scraps tossed God's way. 
His times of rest, I'm going to say that again, his times of withdrawal and divine rest weren't patronizing scraps tossed God's way. They were intentional and intimate moments of connection during which nothing else caught Jesus' eye. They were intentional. Do you keep me hearing this word? Intentional, intentional, intentional. Even Mahatma Gandhi says, there is more to life than increasing its speed. It's so, so intentionally, right on your marathon card, a place where you can rest this week. Brady Boyd says this, rest requires a plan or else it becomes a superficial vacation, a rigorous academic leave, or an unhelpful escape. For the Christian, the beauty of running the race and resting is that many times they are one and the same. You can have a season where you get away from it all and just rest in Christ. We'll begin to talk about more about that concept of resting in the next few weeks. But realize that if you want to find rest, you have to be intentional about it. Think about it. Most of you haven't planned a vacation. But when your folks do, they actually plan a vacation. They research tickets, locations, spots to eat, places to go. They are intentional about their rest. Yet most of us aren't intentional about our rest at all. It just becomes that moment when we are so exhausted, we can't run anymore. I know you're young. So this is going to be, this won't be real for you when you hear it. But just know it from someone who's a little bit farther down the track than you. The danger is when rest becomes exhaustion. Wayne Mueller wrote this. If we do not allow for a rhythm of rest in our overly busy lives, illness becomes our Sabbath. Our pneumonia, our cancer, our heart attack, our accidents create Sabbath rest for us. If you are God's child and you are not resting, he will slow you down. And many times it's not what you had planned on your agenda. Because your agenda never had time to fit God in. There were never those margins. Find your rest when it's not cancer. Find your rest when it's not in a counselor's office as a 21-year-old because you have yet to learn how to slow down. We have to stop being addicted to Disney and start intentionally running a race we can sustain over the long long haul. Not burn out, but get better. Not burn out, but get better. Thanks for tuning in to another Yak podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Yak, you can visit us at cccfrisco.org. See you next week.